Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Alongside Jacob Wilson today, Chris Allman, who is the normal Monday maniac, uh, replaced for the next couple of Mondays by Jacob Wilson, who is uh, part of our rotation, a dependable part, uh, a guy who steps in whenever I need him to, uh, and who I've known for a long time. So if you're just seeing Jacob for the first time, where you've been, he's been with us exactly. quite a bit. Um, but Jacob, uh, you know, we had a, like, it was... You know, an interesting weekend in, in college football. There's only one game uh, of note, which is Army Navy, which was um, which was a classic. It's exactly what people watching that game wanted to see. Yeah, you know, like here's Amanda and I were watching it, and she's like, "This game is kind of boring." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, like I get it. Like based on modern football, it's boring." But the cool thing about Army Navy to me is it's the closest thing to like original football that you can get. So. Um, Conan O'Brien did this one time, and then this, like, I believe the same group, like, came through Waco because I did the PA announcing for it, but there's, like, old-timey baseball teams that, like, travel through. talk like this, see? It's not even that. It's like they play with the old rules where they don't play with gloves and, like, you know, yeah. if, you, if you hit, like, if you throw the ball at a guy in the field, he's out, you know, kind of thing. You can't hit him in the face, but, like, you know. Um, but, like, those things. So there's no real old-timey – you can't do old-timey football because people used to, you know, die. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't do that. But Army-Navy to me is, like, the old school of, like – you know, like you're like the the reporter would have been like, I may had to throw seventeen times in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Navy responded with eighteen throws of their own. <laughs> you know, and so that was that was how it was just so different. And then it was, you know, look, it came right down to the end. I mean, one foot uh, from Navy. Uh, not tying the game because it was 17 to nine uh, and they would have had to get the two. So I, I believe anyone who bet the, uh, the over on that was excited about the safety at the end of the game. I believe yes, that is it the was. Case. Yes. Yeah. The safety hit the over. So 17 to 11, but it was, it was a classic. I mean, it was old school. Like if you're a football, if you're a football, football, football yeah. person, like the people in this room are, then you loved it. If you're my wife and you like football and you tolerate as much as we watch, because you married you yeah. know, me, then it was kind of like, man, this is something like happening in this game. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but it's I a... Mean, it, it's, it's a blend of, you know, four people like us and also just people who want to feel patriotic, too. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a great, and it's uh, unbelievable in that, you know, and, like, you'll have your... You know, I always root for Army because my dad was in the Army. Um my granddad was in the Air Force, and, the, and when they play either of those two teams, there's not near as much pageantry because it, you know, the Air Force is the Johnny Come Lately to all this. Yes, <laughs> you know, all the way back in '31. <laughs> we got a bomb they're burner new, here. They're newbies. <laughs> the the space the Space Force game I can't wait for. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, you you're in the Marines, so does that mean? 
But you're a Navy guy or? Well, I mean, I'm, I went to college at Baylor and I yeah. joined the Marine Corps. And so if I have to choose between Army Navy, I guess I pick Navy just yeah. because a lot of those, a lot of those players commission as Marines. Yeah. And so that's the only thing that makes me nudge Navy's direction. But other okay. than that, like I'm pretty neutral. Okay. Yeah. I usually root for army. Like again, I'm, I'm pretty neutral on it, but like my dad is in the army. My granddad was technically in the army because he joined before they invented the air force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they said, Hey, you can make four extra dollars a week. If you join the air force, he's like $4. Let's sign go. Me, sign me up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's a shiny new Model T. And for uh, some reason, you're going to get treated way better in the Air Force, too. <laughs> it's going to be Kush. <laughs> in, in 1938, I don't think it was. <laughs> but, I, 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 I think 40. it probably still was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, there are, like... Uh, but it's just, it was a great game. I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. And, you know, uh, for Navy to do it also with a backup quarterback where you have to put a backup quarterback in who runs the option and then like, Hey, you're going to have to throw like 15 times mm -hmm. to, to even get back in this game for him to get, to get warm enough to where that worked. It was, it was impressive. It was, it was good. So it was a, it was a good game. It's the best game you're ever going to watch between two, five and six teams. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been like really lopsided year in and year out. Like yeah. one of the teams is having a good year and the other is having a terrible year. And so it was cool to see them actually head to head the same record. I was all for it. It was, it was a really fun game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're in the, like in the off season now, essentially, Jacob, I know that we have words bowl season and all that, but the bigger stories are not the bowls coming up, which uh, as transfer portal opt outs, the college football playoff makes them more and more meaningless than they already were. And I'm a person who loves watching a good football game, but um, given my recent trauma, um, yeah, I, I mean, now like, I mean, you just can, don't care. You can hate the committee and the powers that be for their greed because that's ultimately what led to the top four. But I think that those other bowl games that are, you know, in the long run irrelevant, those are not going to go away because if they bring in money, they're still going to exist. Well, they're, they're also a huge like grift for the local communities and the bowl committees. And I'm all, you know. I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you that. There was a time in my life where you've told me FSU is going to the Orange Bowl. I've been like, awesome. And now I'm just like, whatever. Just flaccid. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, it'd be like, hey, who's the... Who's the live music at the bar? And like, oh, it's just one dude playing the piano without singing. And you're like, I mean, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's not the fun band that brings I mean, you up on stage. No, it's not that. It's just, it's so, you know, because it means nothing for Georgia or for Florida State. Like, the only thing you can make it mean for Florida State is, okay, if they beat Georgia, they'll have a third win in the SEC. But, it's it, I mean... I mean, if anything, they'll probably come out playing pissed off. Yeah, whether, but like, whether that means they're good enough to beat Georgia, that remains to be seen. And I mean, the, the committee had a chance in the last year of the four team playoff that, hey, we're going to have the facade of appearing objective. And then, no, they just went and showed their ass. No, they did. They did. So I've talked about it for a week. I'm significantly traumatized. Garrett's had to listen to me prattle on about every. Rightfully every so. Rightfully so. I mean, it's just, you know, um, 
I'm going to be like one of those people that years from now is still like, you know, is still on this a little bit when something else happens to FSU. Like 17 years from now, they could be 14th. And I'll be like, it's bull crap. Mm -hmm. They've been building this up for 17 years. It started in 2023. And here we are in 2040 and it's still going on. You know, somebody might be like, well, they've won three national champions between the times. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Cause I'll be a crabby old man at that point. I in mean, my it's, life. It, it's trauma. I mean, therapists in Florida are probably, you know, all booked up. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, but uh, we are uh, now to the point of almost the end of the coach and coach hiring cycle, at least the head coach hiring cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, TCU fired Joe Gillespie, their defensive coordinator this weekend. So that will be something that they have to take care of. But now we're in the, the, the uh, recruiting, like recruiting and assistant moving around thing. So we have early signing day next week, which means like assistants will stay until Thursday morning and then they'll leave. Garrett, this is one of the more annoying things about signing day yes. is that, you know, Oh yeah, I'll stay with you at Arizona until Thursday morning. And then I'm off to to Colorado so that, you know, I didn't screw your recruiting class. And then, you know, it's just the silly. The other thing about it is, and I will tell this to any kid who's getting recruited. If you were going somewhere because of an assistant coach, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Because I mean, even with the portal being as accessible as it has ever been for players, like those coaches are just as mobile too. Yeah. I mean, don't go to like, I remember hearing a kid wanting to get a transfer waiver because the wide receivers coach got fired. I'm like, bro, how this works. <laughs> that's not how it works. Like, you know, the wide receivers coach could have become an offensive coordinator three days after he signed you, not knowing that was even going to happen. And then he's going to go take that job. Well, I mean, he just got a double of a salary. So, you know, like those things bother me, you know, cause the natural state of coaching is itinerant, you know, like you're not going to, be in one place for all that terribly long. Like those days are, are long gone. Like anytime you see somebody's like, he's been the defensive coordinator here for 19 years. You're like, holy crap. Like the, that's the Sabins and the Bowdens and the Belichicks that those are extremely rare. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it like the, as soon as the wind changes, you know, people get mad and they don't, you know, nobody's Mike Tomlining through things, you know, like they're not, not doing that anymore. Like, look, it's the best guy for the job. Sports are ebbs and which is the most reasonable way to look at it is how the Roonies do. Things ebb and flow. Guys get old. Systems change. We'll figure it out. Like, you know, we don't need to change courses in midstream just willy-nilly, mm -hmm. but that's just how it goes. But, Jacob, which coaching hire of this cycle do you think will have the most immediate impact? Yeah, I mean, like, like you mentioned earlier, it's been kind of an underwhelming coaching carousel here this this season just because there haven't been we, we expected half to you know see AM make that big mm -hmm. splash that they wanted to but i was actually like impressed with them going out and getting a guy who was not only qualified but they didn't they didn't have to flex their wallet on anyone and they didn't have to be like hey we're AM, we get whoever we want and i thought elko was a good one but I think Jeff Levy at Mississippi State. I think that's really. Gonna, I think that's going to be the biggest splash, just because he's bringing that high-powered offense, and they might not win nine, ten games, but I think they're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of hires he makes. You know, or, or he's made a lot of hires already, but like how that staff adjusts, how they recruit in the SEC, how they uh, can keep pace in what is now a harder SEC. You know, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Kentucky, 
kind of live in this area of like where Missouri's in this, where you're not the classic powers. Ole Miss is this way, you know, like if not for like two Mannings playing at Ole, well, I guess three, I don't want to leave out Cooper, but yeah. two Mannings being quarterbacks at Ole Miss, like a lot of their history is just in the middle of the SEC. Like that's where they are. And they've got a coach who's a loud mouth now. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like I'm no, not it works for Lane. them. They need it the works. They need like, they needed it. They needed Lane Kiffin to bring attention to their program. But you know, if you'd like go back in the annals of college football history, like it's not the, the pages are not littered with yeah. Ole Miss, you know, triumphs. I mean, you think about the Mannings and you think about the Grove, you don't think about yeah. the, the, product that's been on the field yeah you think about you know hugh freeze you know sending texts to get yanked off on a company phone like that's (laughs) (laughs) balling (laughs) yeah i said it out loud (laughs) so and that guy is back in the sec i know (laughs) auburn's like what's so bad about that (laughs) at a program with way more history too (laughs) auburn's like here's seven million dollars in a burner phone like yeah (laughs) Be, be more subtle this time here's the deal you know where we got this walmart you jackass like (laughs) come on (laughs) no um but uh they uh but yeah no i like i like the jeff levy hire i'm curious because mississippi state is so behind the rest of the not the rest but they're stuck in this thing where like you know look at that like Dak prescott a few years ago was like you know he got them all the way they were number one in the country yep for a week or two and then and then kind of fell off. You know, they've they've had their moments where they peaked, but they've never been able to sustain it. You know, like most of their most of Mississippi State's biggest wins are ruining some of their team's season. Yeah, that's that's really true. That's really true. The reason I think of Levy though is because like he was on like think what you will about Art Bryles, but Jeff Levy, that's his son-in-law, yeah. and he was with him at Baylor. And even in that first year where Robert Griffin was a freshman starting quarterback, they weren't winning games, but there was hope because they were scoring points and looking better than they had really ever. But I think that might not translate to wins in year one, but I think there's going to be some highlights and some points scored. Well, he's the first Bryles guy post-scandal to get a head coaching job. Philip Montgomery was already at Tulsa when all that went down, so he he kind of supersedes this. What I meant, what I do, what did catch my eye with Lebby is he didn't just get the band back together. Like he went out and hired different coaches from around the country, guys who'd been in the SEC. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm just gonna you know hire my brother-in-law. I'm gonna hire this guy and this guy and this guy. Like there's gonna be some people that pop up that you're like he's been with before because that's how coaches are. But he is going about it building his own staff. And and not just rehashing some old things. So I think that's kind of interesting with Jeff, uh, what he's doing at, at, at Mississippi State, because my thought was like, well, I wonder who he's going to bring from that time. And it's really not been uh, anybody yet. you know. So he's gone out and gotten, for the most part, SEC coaches to be on that staff, which is, I don't think you, like, there's some sort of, like, you know, um, Codex you have to break to coach in the SEC if you haven't before. It just helps but, if you know the territory. And you're but familiar. if you are at Mississippi State, right? You probably want some guys who've been at Bama and LSU and Tennessee and stuff like yeah. that, so you can can maybe, especially since he hasn't been in the league 
to, to help you navigate, especially the specific recruiting area that you're in. Oh, I guess he hasn't been in the league. He was at Ole Miss. Yeah, he was so at he, Ole Miss. He's he familiar. Has, but he hasn't been in it all that long. It's not like he's a, you know, uh, a guy like Will Muschamp, who's like a, you know, a 25-year yeah. SEC coach, say, for a sojourn at Texas. Um, but, no, I, like – my best hire uh, to me is Jonathan Smith at Michigan State. Um, I think it's right there, right above Mike Elko. Like Mike Elko did what like at A and M was. It just reeks of practicality, and like that's what you, like sometimes you don't need to be the drunk guy at the casino going like bet it all on a red twenty five. Like like they were. Like sometimes you're like you know what I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go over here and have a nice buffet and take my winnings and, and sit in my room. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you ba- basically walked into the Vegas strip club and said, you know what? I'm just going to go to the buffet. Like you mentioned, go yeah, back to just my gonna, room. Just going to go to the buffet, back to my room. I had some winnings. I'm going to take this. I'm going to try to build on that in a more normal fashion. And that like what they did with Jimbo Fisher was like, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and with Jonathan Smith and Michigan State, you know, Michigan State, um, you know, Mark D'Antonio was a really good coach for them, but left under scandal. Um, Mel Tucker had a good season for them and then a bad season and left under scandal. They need somebody who is modern college football on the rise who is not going to leave under scandal. And not to say that I don't know, like, I don't know, like, again, nobody knew that Hugh Freeze was into what he was into, so I don't know what, or Mel Tucker, but I I really do think here that Jonathan Smith is not a guy who's going to be like, oh, uh, well, I apologize to everybody who I've hurt, you know, like, it's not going to be that. He's a very, very good coach, uh, and he is a young guy who's on the up, as opposed to maybe... Um, a oh well this this worked out for Mel Tucker let's give him nine million dollars this is a very sensible hire that has a ton of growth potential in a conference where you need to maybe bring in some new blood from outside because it's getting a ton of new blood from outside adding four new teams this this coming season yeah I mean the only reason I didn't I, I don't completely 100% agree with you. It's just because of the, the program that Jonathan Smith is inheriting and the state of which that program is kind of in. But I agree with you. It's a fantastic hire for all the reasons that you just said. And he doesn't have any documented um, sexual harassment uh, suits pending. And yeah. so it uh, it probably helps the Spartans uh, on that front too because I, I just don't know because he, he's an Oregon guy. You know, Oregon State guy. That was his alma mater. He, he knew that area well. I'm sure that he'll be just fine in the, you know, uh, Northwest. No, not Northwest. The Midwest. Yeah. And I just think it remains to be seen how quickly he'll get it off the ground. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. I mean, they, they've got a little ways to go. Look, they lost all their quarterbacks to the portal, but he's probably going to get a good one. Uh, you know. So. I mean. Well, well, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but he, he's his quarterback from last year is in the portal. Yes, I don't think that that guy's going there, though. I think uh, just, I think his backup quarterback from last year is going there, though. I would I would bet that he is he is looking at Aiden Childs or Dante Moore, and I think Dante Moore probably less likely. But, yeah, Childs definitely. But Aiden Childs, I think, will follow him there uh, to Michigan State, and that's that's a good thing because he already knows the system and he can he can hit the ground running. Um, I love. Um, I love the the Tulane Houston 
combo. Obviously, you know, Willie Fritz leaves Tulane uh, and goes to Houston. Uh, Tulane hiring John Summerall is a great hire. He is He's going to do really well at Tulane while he's there, uh, which I don't think will be too terribly long. I think he like if he keeps Tulane at what Willie Fritz has been doing, which I totally think he, he will, should. then he's going to get a, a bigger job. Willie Fritz at Houston is the is the nice change of pace for Dana Holgerson, who the wrong guy at the wrong time for Houston. But not the. I mean, it wasn't a bad hire. I don't think it was I mean, like it just didn't work. But he knew the transition, right? Like I, I understand the hire from that aspect. If you're Houston, you're going into the Big Twelve. Why don't you bring somebody in who's done it before at West Virginia? I, I just think that the the current landscape of college football paired with that didn't mesh well. As as you began with the transfer portal and everything else, those were aspects of the new the new job that Dana didn't like, and that's what ultimately drove him out and not didn't allow him to have success in Houston. Yeah, but I think Willie Fritz can be that guy who makes Houston the team of the city who can you know, like that the one thing I'll tell you that you know, the other candidate was Jeff Trailer, who what he's done at UTSA is he's made UTSA the team of the city. Mm-hmm. Willie Fritz can make Houston the team of the city to where kids who grew up in Houston, you know, wouldn't mind playing there. And yeah. that's where I think that maybe Dana wasn't the best at at keeping Houstonites in Houston. Like you you should you should be getting some of those kids from like more of those kids from Katy and and North Shore and like those those mm. kind of places. That's what he needs to do. I think Willie Fritz will do that. I also think that um he's less temperamental. Uh and Dan Holgerson became a curmudgeon when when yeah. he got to Houston. And I didn't see that coming. Yeah. No, I I uh I, I um, yeah, he was he was maybe seen more of like a kind of a loosey goosey type of dude, right? And then and then he just wasn't right. And then it like everything was so up and down when it came to Dana Holgerson. It was so scattershot, and part of it was like Garrett said, like the the rule, like he's the guy for the rules changed. He wasn't the guy to roll with those right, rules, exactly. Yeah, like and it, that doesn't mean he's a bad coach or he forgot how to do it, but. You know, look, Dabo Sweeney might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're kind of seeing him adjust to it right now, and it's Dabo Sweeney's not all of a sudden a bet. Like he had less talent on his Clemson team this year than he ever had, and they still went eight and four. So like he still can coach him up. He can still do those things, but at the end of it, like you know, he's not making as much money as he is to be eight and four. He's making as much money as he is to be 12, 13 and zero, like being in the playoff. Like that's where he is. Well, Dana Holgerson is a, you know, a lesser version of that, a guy who's not done those things. And, you know, just maybe wasn't the guy who wants to deal with, all right, do you want to come to Houston? All right, great. Um, oh, how much can we pay you? I, okay, well, how much can we pay this guy? Oh, I've got to get this kid $150,000. Great. Do we have $150,000? Okay, we have ninety five. Can you do it for ninety five? No, you can't do it for ninety five. Like, that's not... That's yeah. not Dana Holgerson's thing. It reminds me of uh, the movie Knocked Up, where Paul Rudd, walk, they're in the bathroom, Paul Rudd walks up to his wife, and he's just, want to have sex tonight? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's kind of that, that dynamic, and so it's good for everyone that 
that they've moved on. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. It's just, it's just that point. And I think Willie Fritz will, will bring a lot of balance there. Here's the other good, good news for Houston on Willie Fritz. Um, Willie Fritz is this, this is probably his last job. I mean, he's not, if he does well here, he'll retire at Houston. Well, he also said he was going to retire at Tulane. Yeah. But like, he didn't think that Houston was coming. Right. But I think Tulane, I think you can make an argument that the Tulane job if, if it's about getting into the playoff, is better than Houston. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because all you got to do is be the best group of five team and get in, whereas Houston, you got to navigate the Big 12. You're struggling. I, so I think there's, it's, it's, to me, it's not about wins and losses when it comes to Willie Fritz taking the, jo- 